Chapter 1. Loss and Love Loss and love cannot exist without one another. When we enter into a new relationship, venture out for a first or second date, or proclaim that someone is my person, we automatically sign up for loss. As the possibility of the love we hold in our heads takes shape in our reality, we often lose a little of our minds in the throes. If the love sticks around, the fear of losing the other person subsides, and the mind makes more sense of it all. We rarely get to that point, though, because getting there means that both people need to want to move through the questions and concerns that often arise after an intensely connected beginning. The harsh truth is that if a man doesn't love you, he won't do the work. So we continue to dance without listening to the instructions. We yank ourselves toward one person and away from another because of raw emotions, circumstances, or mistrust. Despite past disappointments, do you believe love is still possible? Or in spite of past disappointments, have you given up? We color our future with stories of love that left us behind or the pain associated with being the one who is left holding the belief that what was could be again, while the other person moves on to a love that seems easier. And the easy love eventually becomes hard too. The possible misperception is that if it's hard in the beginning, it will only get harder. I always thought it was the opposite. Getting to know someone after the lust subsides and developing trust and meaningful connection has to come first for me, and it's never been simple. The longest lasting love I've had in my life was more difficult after the initial excitement. We've been taught how to make men fall in love with us, but I'm not interested in making just any man fall in love with me. I want the right man to fall in love with me. The right men have fallen in love with me, and I've learned a lot about what it takes to stay the course for both them and myself, even if eventually we decided not to keep going. I have suffered intense heartbreak with the end of a marriage and losing the wrong men that I wanted to be the right men. The moment we feel love slipping away, we grasp and gasp for air. The words they said in moments of heightened attraction or lust or naivete haunt us and play on repeat, even in the most well-trained minds. Love drives art and poetry, and it also drives anger and discombobulation. It drives run-on sentences that you will experience while reading this book. Perhaps one of the toughest parts about exploring potential or existing love to its fullest is how we are all influenced by the past. So often we don't believe a good thing can be true. If our love interest says something or does something reminiscent of a past partner, it's assumed that is exactly what's happening again. When we live through the lens of the past, the present does not exist and the future is certainly destined to look, sound, and feel like something we've experienced before, rather than something unique and new and undiscovered. Love never really existed if this is how we begin. It's over before it had a chance. Maybe both people don't see it. That's when loss is easy, a clean break and a clear heart. If only one person sees it, they make a choice to either move on, picking up their heart off the floor, to pursue the love they crave, or give up and grow more bitter. It may never turn out or turn up, but the process of finding love can be an incredible discovery that strengthens the heart and soul. 
The resident of the past, the one who drags what was into the future, will continue to see the person that broke their heart in the sight and sound and touch of the next person too. But maybe they finally wear thin of seeing and hearing in retrospect and find what they really want with the person who happens to cross their path at the right place and the right time. The Lover you told me I looked like a woman your age, young and hot, with a mature twist that made you want to impregnate me with children I thought I had no desire to have. I knew you didn't mean it, though, the pregnant part, but it tapped into a feral roar inside of me that hadn't been moved in quite some time. You asked me for coffee and I said no. I thought you were young and ridiculous, especially when you asked me if you could stroke my hair after I told you that I was tired. You asked me if you could show me around when I was in town, but I lied and said I was busy for the last days I was visiting. You thought I was self-assured and sexy. You asked me if we could be friends. I said that's far too dangerous because you are much too cute. And then you asked me for coffee again, and I said maybe. Maybe turned into a yes. I was driving by the coffee shop you were at on the way to work, and so I thought I would stop and get you out of my head. I didn't remember you to be tempting, but I did give you my number the night we met at the bar under the premise that all you wanted was a picture that I snapped. A memento of the moment you couldn't stop staring at me from across the bar that you would later alter, cropping everyone out of the photo but me and you. You sent it to me. We looked so good together. I hated your black strappy sandals, but I loved your hat and your smile next to mine. I didn't drink coffee when I sat down across from you at the coffee shop on my way to work, and I never ordered a cup. The jolt of the intense initial attraction left me speechless, and we just looked at one another, smiling awkwardly. I was surprised at how intensely attracted I felt toward you. It seemed like what people described to be love at first sight, but I thought maybe it was the book you were reading. It meant you were smart. You stood up, and that meant you were tall, and that black t-shirt made me want to touch you.